Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir representing New Money Matrix coming to you once again. And tonight I'll be reading from What the Government Doesn't Want You to Know About Bitcoins. What is Bitcoin? The world of Bitcoin is today one of the most compromising, confusing, erratic sectors of the emergent world economy. So it will be for years to come because Bitcoin is in its infancy. Currently, it operates as digital payment system. Its efficiency far surpasses any other method of sending and receiving money. Its operation makes PayPal seem old-fashioned and clumsy, but its potential is actually far greater. It seeks to be a competitor to all existing government currencies. Indeed, it could eventually replace them. In time, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies could reinvent the monetary and financial world from the ground up on the basis of human choice rather than government imposition. But for now, the primary uses and enthusiasts of this nascent digital currency belong to the young generation raised in a world swimming in computer code. How can we, how can we know it has a future? Consider the modern trajectory of digital innovation. In the last 20 years, letters have become email, television has become YouTube, and telephones have left the wall socket and become pocket video phones. This is the digital revolution, and it has been accomplished by the free market, not by government. It was not a plan. It is something that came about through trial and error through the commercial marketplace. Bitcoin is in a similar position to what email was like in 1990 or so. Hardly anyone understood how it worked or why it would need it. Most email addresses were long numbers like 342-34920 at, at Comperserve.com. There were only a few commercial services around. You had to dial up and connect to send and receive. Servers crashed. Messages were awkward because people didn't know how to use email. Then the spam problem came. That was followed by terrible problems with viruses. At any point in the evolution of email, at any point in the evolution of email, there were people who doubted it would amount to anything uh, at all. It would never replace the letter, people said. It was insecure, we were told. It was too much trouble, people thought. But gradually, over time, nearly every problem with email was solved, one by one. The technology stabilized. People discovered the great truth about software. A great technology is still great, even if the services using the technology need time to stabilize and get their act together. Over time, of course, email won the day. Now it is indispensable. And there are new iterations that are making gigantic inroads, from Facebook and Skype messages to smartphone SMS systems. We navigate with the hand we navigate the world with handheld devices that speak directions and give real-time traffic data. We now take it all for granted. It wasn't always so. Not even the science fiction cartoon The Jetsons imagined the existence of email. But now it is a reality of the modern world. No one thinks a thing about it. Next step is in this evolution is of obvious. Money too needs to be reinvented. For a hundred years, the dollar has been essentially nationalized by the government and central bank. Now there is market pressure for a money that leaves the world of government and enters the digital age. It needs to be liberated from the control of a politically appointed central bank and returned to the people. Bitcoin is the most successful attempt so far to create such a currency. Silicon Valley venture capital is lining up behind it. 
Young people are saving in it and some are even earning salaries in it. It is subject of feature stories in every major newspaper. Websites that accept it are becoming more prominent and profitable. It is serving as a safe haven in economically unstable countries. Every day, more merchants are accepting it. When it first appeared in 2009, people laughed and said it would go nowhere. Four years later, it is the subject of articles in all major financial publications. Transactions happen every second. Sums in the tens of millions are moved every day by individuals, and the entire market sector has a market capitalization exceeding $1 billion. A drop in the bucket as regard world finance, but far beyond what anyone believed was possible. Most strikingly, no politician invented Bitcoin. No commission approved it. No central bank controls it. It has absolutely no political or bureaucratic vacuum. No, central cons no social consensus came up with the idea. Its success or failure depends entirely on the market. It is not even owned or controlled by a single corporation. Its value is not tied to any existing currency, but rather seeks to be its own unit of account. Bitcoin offers a path away from monetary controls. Once you move dollars into Bitcoins, the medium of exchange is released from the Fed's fetters. This has serious implications for the conduct of monetary policy. As Time Magazine put it, and I quote, if a future Fed chairman tries to repeat Ben Bernanke's policy of quantitative easing, effectively printing money, worried investors could start pulling their savings out of the dollar, sending it streaming into a cloud so fast that the Fed will be forced to change course. Once alternative currencies are frictionally available on the Internet, every laptop will become its own Cayman Island. End quote. In short, if the promise of Bitcoin comes to fruition, we could be watching the birth of a new global currency, one that can compete with and even replace the failed experiment in government paper currency. If it doesn't succeed, the experience of Bitcoin itself will inspire the creation of new attempts at creating digital currency units that trade on the free market rather than depend on governments. To properly understand Bitcoin, you must keep in mind that its purpose is not to serve as an investment vehicle. It is an entrepreneurial invention. Somewhat like the steam engine, the railroad, steel, or email. It is a pure software based on what is called cryptography. A linchpin of Bitcoin because it allows for privacy and unique identifiers for both coins and owners. The technology is a payment system that is evolving as a real money. Right now, its most spectacular use is in transferring funds from one person to another. It is as easy as sending a text message on the phone. That said, all technologies are introduced in society through the commercial marketplace. That means speculation will always be part of its development, just as it is, just as it was with railroads. Also, part of the market will be mistakes, surprises, failings, setbacks, but also progress, triumph, and ultimately great human satisfaction. All the while, there will be many people who see Bitcoin and all digital currencies as a get-rich-quick scheme. People will get rich while many others will lose their shirts. That's the duality. But who will see the bigger picture? The trend of economic history is clear. The pressure to replace a government currency with a modern alternative is intensifying every day. There will be no stopping the technology whose time has come. Background. 
Bitcoin is a decentralized electronic currency conceived in 2008 by a person or group known only as Satoshi Nakamoto. His or their true identity is unknown. Nakamoto introduced the idea and the code answer questions on an internet forum. He wrote mostly about code, but he sometimes branched out into economics and politics. His ideological orientation is indisputable. He is a believer in free markets and in the payment of government paper money. His invention was motivated by those convictions. Once his invention started to gain market traction, he disappeared without a trace. Nakamoto designed a software that manages the currency network along with the network that supports it. Anyone can look at the underlying code. It is not owned by any one group or business or individual. The Bitcoin network is controlled directly by individual owners themselves, a system known as peer-to-peer or P2P. The motivation being its creation tapped into a sense that most close observes, observers have of government money. Nakamoto argued that government money, government money relies too much on people's trust of their political elites and the system that they have established. It is constantly mismanaged. No one knows what the banking elites are going to do next. It is not an open system. It is inflationary. It creates booms and busts. To top it off, it is expensive. In contrast to the majority of other currencies, the functioning of Bitcoin is not dependent on a centralized institution. Anyone can start an exchange, retail shop, or a website that tracks prices and exchanges. All of these draw from a database that is publicly distributed. The software designed by Nakamoto uses cryptography to provide security such as the guarantee that Bitcoins may only be spent by their owner and never more than once. Bitcoin is one of the first implementations of the concept of cryptocurrency and without a doubt the most successful to date. Nakamoto's major achievement is the solution of the problem of double spending in a decentralized system, which had been a major problem for concern for economists and programmers alike. Even in the mid-1990s, programmers were talking about the need for digital currency. But each attempt faltered because there was no way to prevent the unit from being copied. That is, to prevent fraud. The internet specialized in making copies, but in the era of money, copies are a kiss of death. It leads to inflation and instability and finally destroys the value of all existing currency. What we need is a money stock that is fully transparent and predictably fixed at some point in time. Bitcoin was the first successful attempt to control copying. To prevent a Bitcoin or any fraction of a Bitcoin from being spent more than once by the same person, in other words, to avoid fraud, the network uses what Nakamoto described as distributed timestamp server, which identifies and subsequently orders the transaction, or and sequently, uh, sequently, sequentially orders the transaction. Excuse me. Every Bitcoin is assigned to owner. This prevents their modification. The history of all Bitcoin movements remains stored in what's called the blockchain, a database that maintains a record of all transactions in the network. This information is stored in nodes, which are more, or which are nothing more than computers exist executing the Bitcoin software worldwide, connected to each other via the internet. In other words, if you use Bitcoin, you are a node. Even though Bitcoins are sent instantly and any operation may be monitored in real time, the individual interactions or individual transactions are shown on screen when using the Bitcoin software that chronicles the, clear, the clearing process. Worldwide, there are between 25 to 50 million Bitcoin transactions placed, uh, taking place per day.
That is small compared with government currencies, but not insubstantial. You can watch Bitcoin transactions in real time at blockchain.info. For a fun site on which to listen to music made of Bitcoin transactions, you can check out listentobitcoin.com. These exchanges are confirmed and verified by the software. The greater the number of confirmations, the more remote is the possibility of being a victim of double spending. When a transaction exceeds six confirmations by the network, a transaction is considered technically irreversible. How reliable is it? To date, there is not a single documented instance of double spending in Bitcoin. It is impossible for a computer attack to hit a particular exchange. But, no, excuse me. It is possible for a computer attack to hit a particular exchange, but the system as a whole cannot be hacked. So far, no one has seen a way for it to be possible for more Bitcoin to be assigned to more owners. As a payment system that transfers funds from one person to another, it is extremely efficient. The payment is logged by the software before the network verifies that it is real and sound and then confirms the transaction. The majority of receivers and retailers who accept Bitcoin are satisfied with one single confirmation. For small amounts, it's even reasonable to accept transactions instantly before they are confirmed by the network. The information that allows users to control Bitcoins in their possession can be stored in an electronic medium, such as a personal hard drive, memory cards and sticks, CD, web mailbox, etc., or in websites that offer Bitcoin accounts. You can keep this information on printed paper. You can even carry around such pieces of paper and use them for tip tip uh for tipping the wait the waiting staff at a restaurant for example. You can even keep it in your mental memory. Bitcoin ownership can be transferred through the internet to anyone with a Bitcoin address. Um similar to the one in the email similar to the one similar to the way an email is sent to an email address. Thanks to Bitcoin's cryptographic architecture, a transfer between Bitcoin addresses is far more secure than a transfer between bank accounts. And that's not counting the risk implied by the mandatory third-party intrusion within the banking system. As it develops, we continue to see wild swings in the price as irrational exuberance gives way to despair back again. Bitcoin has so far proven solid as a rock. The software infrastructure built around Bitcoin will grow, fail, develop, grow and fail again this will happen for a long time just as it did with email web media and cell phones also as is common in these cases some people will write it off as a failed experiment on the first dip this has already happened in the history of bitcoin in 2011 the price collapsed from 30 dollars down to two dollars even technical publications wrote it off as a failed experiment then it went through a revival, shooting up astronomically until the existing Bitcoin exchanges couldn't handle the load. That led to panic and selling again. And this can happen many more times before the market completely shakes itself out. Remember that Bitcoin does not trade at a fixed relationship to any currency. I'm going to say that again. Bitcoin does not trade at a fixed relationship to any currency. It is designed to be a floating currency that competes with all others. For that reason, its value will be forever fluctuating. This feature is what alarms many potential users. It acts like a wild stock and no one has any solid basis for understanding its current and potential valuation. That said, plenty of venture capitalists and many large investors are already deeply involved in the Bitcoin market. Here is a complete picture from July 2010 to the present. And this was written um, April 11, 2013. You do know we're in 2019, so I will update parts of the book as they talk about price. 
Um, you can see the wild run up, but then they suddenly down at the exchange rate of eight times its price on January 1st, 2013. It's been a rocky road, but the overall increase of 800% is a phenomenal increase. And as I look at the charts, um, they had a run up of right above 200 and maybe $50 from a price of maybe five to $10. And that's what they're looking at. Um, such swings in a new market are to be expected. The first run-up and dip of Bitcoin happened as more retailers' outlet outlets came online and silver fell in price. The huge run-up from $15 to 266 occurred in the midst of the Cyprus crisis and bailout. We can probably expect another upward swing during the next currency crisis, wherever it happens to be, followed by yet another sell-off. For each, so far, each run-up and down and, re and resulted, each run-up and down and resulted in a new stable zone higher than it was previously. Now pay attention to what was just read and the prices that they were looking at and when this was written. And what we have seen come to fruition so many years later. Um, there are the convulsions of a new currency being born. Free markets are always in a state of flux. With buyers and sellers forever participating in the process of price discovery, this is particularly true in a nascent frontier markets, where early adopters meet with the future waves as market participants, each with their own unique set of desires and expectations. Bitcoin has been called the wild, wild west of the currency world. So it is not surprising that we should see violent swings in its price and disruptive innovations in the infrastructure serving the economy. Left alone, markets undergo the process of creative destruction at breakneck pace, and they are all better for it. The short price history is that Bitcoin languished for most of its three-year history until it suddenly took off in March of 2013, mostly in conjunction with the banking crisis in Cyprus. It shot up and fell back, but still remains at a very high point relative to its history. These gyrations have confused many people. What is the correct dollar to Bitcoin exchange ratio? No one knows for sure right now, just as no one knows the correct dollar to euro or euro to yen exchange ratio. This is for the market and the buyer and sellers involved therein to decide. Is it money? People who use Bitcoin every day treat it like money. Those who have no familiarity with it dismiss it entirely. Other commentators like Paul Krugman agitate against it on grounds that nothing could be money unless it is legal tender and controlled by a central bank. It is true that the peer-to-peer -peer nature of Bitcoin network makes it impossible to establish a centralized control of the whole system. This prevents the arbitrary increase of the quantity of coins in circulation, which would cause inflation, and any other type of manipulation of their value on the part of the authorities. The Bitcoin software, also known as the Bitcoin client, installed and uses computers transmits each transaction to nearby nodes, which in turn propagate it throughout the network. Invalid transactions are refused by honest clients, those who comply with the protocol. As yet, most transactions may be carried out free of charge, but it is possible to pay a transaction fee so the miners prioritize or speed up the process. Where do new Bitcoins come from? Well, they are mined the same way the gold is mined. This mining takes place when a computer works to verify transactions by solving complicated math problems. In the early days, the mining was easy. But the program is designed to make mining harder as more computers get involved in the process. The idea here is to strictly restrain money creation. Every 10 minutes, a new block is added to the overall blockchain. Currently, each new block contains 25 additional Bitcoins. Each time 210,000 Bitcoins are mined, the production rate is half. 
But just as there is only so much gold in the world, there are only so many Bitcoins. In 2140, the total number of Bitcoin in circulation will reach 21 million. Their supply grows as a geometric series at a constant rate. Already, more than half the total supply is generated. In 2017, three quarters of the total supply will already be in circulation. And we're now in 2019. So you can imagine where we're at. Bitcoins are divisible down to the eighth decimal point, unlike the American dollar, which is only uh, broke down into two, and potentially more, which removes the practical limitations to price adjustment. In other words, one Bitcoin can buy you a cab ride or it can buy you a condominium in Manhattan, depending on the value mar uh, the market valuation. If the value of Bitcoin arises that much, it is easy to denominate goods and services in, very, in every small decimal unit. If Bitcoin matures enough, its value will become independent of any existing monetary unit. As of this writing, Bitcoin has a 1 billion plus market capitalization. Still, the Bitcoin economy is tiny compared to well-established economies. Even so, all types of goods and services are currently being exchanged for Bitcoins, and there are many websites offering the exchange of almost every currency of Bitcoins through the different funds transfer systems. We aren't ready to say that Bitcoin is already money, though clearly many people, perhaps half a million or so, already regard it as such. But for it to be a universal money, there would have to be more general interest in its value independent of other currencies, and pricing would need to take place not based on the exchange rate, but on its own. That said, we are watching this moneyness emerge slowly, but steadily, exactly as gold and silver emerged in the past. Why Bitcoin is hard to understand. Even the most qualified people have trouble understanding how Bitcoin works, just as it might have been difficult to explain email 20 years ago. The reason for this is that Bitcoin challenges a series of concepts that have rarely ever been questioned before. We need to unlearn these supp suppositions before adopting better ones. That was key how they said that. Even knowing that Bitcoin is superior to any other monetary system, many people tend to prefer that with each with which they are familiar rather than venturing into unknown territory. And family, that goes into me trying to explain and tell you that you need to start looking at a lot of the currencies that you trade within the cryptocurrency space in the form of looking at it in the count of Satoshi's versus the count of USD because you're in a new money matrix and you can look at Bitcoin as its own almost as if you look at the dollar as its own. So if you're trading XRP, LTC, or ETH versus BTC, then you need to look at the BTC value of that token versus the USD value of the token because the USD value of the token is only dictated by the price of BTC per the token, not the price, not BTC per the token itself. Um, it goes on to say, the eternal battle between the conservative, who supports the theory of the better evil you already know, and the adventurer who would refer who would rather go for the good is that yet to be unknown takes place within us all. But once the legacy of misconceptions has been injected and the inertia of habit has been overcome, the path becomes far easier for the adventurer who will also pave the way for the conservative. What are the ingrained habits that make Bitcoin appear implausible? We are used to seeing the act of paying is separate from the act of recording the payment. Through Bitcoin, nobody pays. Nobody sends or receives Bitcoins. Instead, people modify balances in a sort of decentralized ledger, which is sort of like a big book. Thus, the act of paying is distinguishable from the act of recording the payment. 
We are used to thinking that the monetary system needs to be guided by a privileged caste of central bankers and regulators. The Bitcoin protocol does not protect someone or some group in particular, but rather protects the tool itself and therefore all those who use it. We are used to our bank accounts being linked to our identity. Bitcoin addresses are anonymous if their owners so wish. We are used to transactions that are known in detail only by those directly involved in them, plus the third-party payment processor. With Bitcoin, information about all transactions is public and easy accessible. We are used to money as a receipt with more or less packing. With Bitcoin, the unit and the receipt are the same thing and impossible to duplicate or to falsify. Will there be a crackdown? One possible failure scenario for Bitcoin is that a worldwide governmental campaign against the software and the sites that accept Bitcoin. The Financial Crimes Enforcement Network has already intervened to insist that miners and exchanges register the same way currency trader does. The FBI is carefully watching Bitcoin for fear that it is a vehicle for money laundering. Other government agencies will certainly get involved wanting to regulate and control. What about the ultimate fear that government will simply outlaw digital currency? Given the amount, given the nature of the system, the total elimination of Bitcoin as that of any other peer-to-peer network does not seem either technologically or economically viable. It is just not because the rid is just not possible to rid the world of particular combinations of zeros and ones, binary codes. Government is powerful, but not that powerful. Even if something called Bitcoin were made illegal, the currency could could be reinvented under another name. There are certain factors mitigating against even the attempt. Large corporations are already accepting it. Venture capital has already put vast sums into development. It is a global, not a national currency, meaning the difficulties of unified laws and enforcement are vastly more. And I'm going to add this, that what we're going to see is the fact that Bitcoin is not going to bend to the will of laws. Laws are going to have to bend to the will of Bitcoin. Now, um, going right along... Where do we leave off at? There's additional factor here. Also, Bitcoin is the greatest tool ever invented for passing money from one party to another without a paper trail. This is something that politicians, bureaucrats and government employees of all sorts in all lands desire very intensely, even more than regular citizens. And it might remain untouched for that reason alone. Nobody knows for certain what Bitcoin's destiny will be. The only thing we know is that the idea of a decentralized cryptocurrency is here to stay. The technical superiority of Bitcoin. Why is Bitcoin superior to government currencies? The quick answer? Because no one, no committee of experts controls its destiny. And because the rules set by the protocol devised by Satoshi Nakamoto are not imposed, each user chooses to accept them. Like a free society, Bitcoin manages itself. But what does this mean in practice for the user? Here's the list of advantages for Bitcoin. It strengthens privacy by eliminating the interference of third parties and transactions. It increases in supply at a predictably and slow rate, helping to preserve and possibly even increase Bitcoin's purchasing power. Lowers or even eliminates transaction costs on the web, fees, and costs associated with current methods of exchange. Visa, MasterCard, and even PayPal tend to hinder free exchange. It simplifies, accelerates payments, dispensing with unwanted intermediaries. It affords users anonymity anonymity if they desire it. It allows transfers anywhere, ignoring geographic and political barriers.
It fosters transparency, although users are not forced to reveal their identities. All transactions are recorded in a free, accessible record so that errors can be spotted quickly. <laughs> Support complex transactions, escrow deposits, insurance, guarantees, meditation, etc. with solid cryptographic support for all types of rules and conditions that are freely agreed upon by the parties. It is available non-stop. There are no holidays or weekends for Bitcoin operations. Making micropayments viable on a large scale. Can you close that door? Prevent the freezing of funds, prevents chargebacks, and prevents the arbitrary restrictions of goods and services that may be purchased. No. Allows for accumulation of huge fortunes within a very tiny place and can be easily hidden and does not need to resort to a third party for safekeeping and or transfer. It can be stored in multiple locations simultaneously. Does not rely on a third party or a particular legal system to preserve its value. And it provides protection against all forms of theft, including taxes. The technology on which the Bitcoin protocol is based is several times safer than that used by banks and credit cards. It cannot be removed by legal computer attacks due to its decentralized nature. It cannot be forged. It's easy and instantly recognizable. And it's infin infinitely divisible. For quite a few reasons, that's no one that... that huh. For quite a few reasons that no one any longer denies, email has replaced the postal service in all its primal and primary duties. How many reasons in its favor does Bitcoin have to build up for fiat money to become obsolete? It could be a rocky road, but there will be no let up in the pressure for the world to embrace precisely what Bitcoin represents. Okay, I'm in it. What should I do to get started? Now that you've seen the advantages, you might be ready to jump in. But before you do, remember that this market is far from being settled and your own technical skill needs time to develop. It is best to start very small just to get a feel for it. People who first enter this sector can sometimes make mistakes that result in loss of coins. Even today's experts will tell you that user error has resulted in problems in the past. Start small and you can ramp up your holdings later on. In addition, the Bitcoin industry is completely open and it will likely attract a sizable number of crooks and scam artists. For this reason, you should use only reputable sites. New companies will come along and proclaim themselves to be wonderful. Modern websites designs can make anything seem wonderful. But here is a truth you must remember. All exchanges and websites are subject to crashing and hacking. With healthy competition, this will happen less and less over time. But in the intervening period, you should keep possession of your own Bitcoins and not trust an institution that claims to be a bank to keep them for you. One of the great advantages of Bitcoin is precisely that you do not need banks. And once again, that the only way that you truly, truly own your Bitcoin and any other cryptocurrency is if you own the actual private key. If you don't own the private key, you don't own the crypto. The crypto. Um, let me see, where do we leave off at? There we go. If, while you are exploring an option, anything strikes you as odd, if you see any strange pop-up advertising, if there is the slightest sign of trouble, back away. There are other places to go. Another glory of Bitcoin is that it allows you to move money almost instantly with no fuss from another vendor to another and back again. The first step in getting Bitcoins into your possession so that you can trade with them is to obtain a wallet. The Bitcoin wallet is the file needed to send and receive Bitcoin. 
This file contains our Bitcoins, although in reality it contains crypt cryptographic keys, unique, secret, and private keys that make us owners of our Bitcoins and allow us to authorize payments or transfer the possession of our coins. The word wallet actually applies, however. It is the piece of equipment that keeps track of your Bitcoin and allows you to use them. Getting one or more wallets is easy. And um, they, here they have, uh, there's two, they say two most popular ways of doing it. Um, the official way, the Bitcoin QT, the name of the official Bitcoin client, is a program that can be installed on any computer like that runs like Macs. Uh, Mac, Windows, and Linux. So that basically, what right now what they're going into is a different type of wallets that you can utilize. Um, they're going into certain web-based wallets. We're in a, a point in time now where they have a number of different mobile applications that you can utilize and download. Um, you have such wallets such as Blockchain, which is the uh, first and foremost wallet that most people utilize. You have Coinbase, which is a managed wallet. You have Mycelium, which is a SPV wallet. You have BitPay. You have Engine, which is a multi-coin wallet. You have Trust Wallet, which I um, utilize, which is a multi-coin wallet, which utilizes Bitcoin as well as ERC-20 tokens or tokens made on the Ethereum, um, on the Ethereum blockchain. It goes on to say, in the old days, only two years ago, users had a high degree of technical expertise to use Bitcoin. Now there's a new generation of web wallets that are very safe and easy to use. Their level of security relies on the fact that the private keys are encrypted in the user's browser, so the service provider will never have access to your Bitcoin. And they go into two of the most reputable wallets available, which are Coinbase and Blockchain.info. These companies both offer free smartphone applications. Um, and they tell you to begin by downloading the smartphone application. Um, whatever you download to your smartphone, you can and should duplicate on your desktop. Um, that way you have two ways to access your Bitcoin wallet. The one we recommend is my wallet offered by blockchain. If you do not go through the entire tutorial, simply do the following. And they just tell you how to download the wallet, um, register with a 10-digit password, and that's basically it. Now, another thing that you're going to start encountering when you're getting in close with these crypto exchanges these wallets is they're going to be asking you a lot are you a robot are you a robot are you a robot or to identify um certain markings to uh, to make sure that you are not a robot so just prepare for each and every time you log on to something it to ask you those same questions so they're getting into the fact that if you are not given a private key, then you're not you're not on the wallet. But for a lot of these wallets, um, Engine, the Trust Wallet, the BitPay Wallet, what you're going to be given the option is the option of backing up your wallet. Now, when you back up your wallet, what you're doing is creating a mnemonic code, and usually it is anywhere from a 12 to a 16 um, word phrase usually of just random words and is the equivalent to an alphanumerical private key. Now that's, um, they go in there. You can also back up your wallet via email address for wallets to give you that option. Now it goes into the receiving bitcoins. Now this is the fun part. You have your wallet set up. Now you can actually receive bitcoins. You can do this in one of two ways. Either you can buy them from an exchange for paper money or someone gives them to you for a trade. And that's the peer-to-peer -peer part of it. That means if I hold Bitcoin and you are within my immediate um, vicinity, you can actually hand me 
hand to hand fiat dollars and I can in return by by way of the mobile phone scan your QR code or your public address with my open client and send you BTC from my wallet or my mobile app to your wallet placed on your mobile app. And the transaction usually only takes a couple of minutes. Um, it goes on to say the easiest way possible to find someone you know who uses them. Most anyone is happy to give away 0.001 Bitcoin. And now they go into another form of sending and receiving cryptocurrency if you are not in the specific vicinity. And let's just say you don't have a way to scan the QR code. What you can do is a copy and paste method, meaning if you wanted me to send you cryptocurrency, you would copy your public address and you would send it to me either via email, SMS, text message, but you would paste your public address in that message. And once I received it, I would copy it. I would go to send my certain cryptocurrency and where it asked for the public address, I would then paste that public address in the space. Now, I usually look at the first four and the last four just to make sure that the address is correct. The, um, let's see. What else do they get into here? How does a Bitcoin wallet work? I guess we can get into this. It said the Bitcoin client will automatically generate a wallet that will contain a pair of public and their corresponding private keys. This is the way encryption works. For the purpose of the user, you only need to be concerned with your public key. The public keys are the ones that you can see. The ones that you give to the other party when you want to receive payment. Private keys, however, are stored in your wallet in the wallet data, uh, data file. Imagine your public address as being an inviolable mailbox that everyone can see and in which anyone can deposit coins. Each public key is open with a specific impossible to duplicate private key that is stored on your software. If you receive one Bitcoin, it has been sent out to one of your public, your, one of your public keys or addresses. The only way to transfer the ownership of that Bitcoin is to send it to another person is by using the stored private key that corresponds to the public address. As long as you keep that wallet, you'll possess the private key that will allow you to use Bitcoins controlled by that wallet. That's why it's a good idea to keep backups. Once you have your Bitcoin wallet, there are several ways to get more Bitcoins. And they go into the facts of exchanges and trading sites. Um, you have different exchanges out there, such as Binance, Polynex, Bittrex, um, Bitstamp, Hubby, HitBTC. Um, you have... Also, other exchange markets now that exchange and trade in other native tokens, such as the Stellar X decentralized exchange, which allows you to buy and sell in the native token XLM or the Stellar token. Um, I know in Chicago, we also have Bitcoin ATMs, whereas you go and you insert fiat and it will send you Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. Um, some offer Tron directly from the Bitcoin ATM to your web-based wallet or your mobile wallet or your paper wallet. All you have to do is scan. You get that you're given the option for the ATM to scan your QR code or can you, you can manually put the uh, address in there. They also give you the option to print up their own addresses from the actual um, machine also. So that's definitely a, a, another good thing. Let me see. It goes into... So before I move on, there's a couple of main ways for you to buy cryptocurrency. Number one is through a managed wallet such as Coinbase by way of using your bank account and a bank transfer. Uh, another way is through a Bitcoin ATM machine, which are available in many states now. 
Um, you can do a peer-to-peer -peer transaction, meaning anyone that holds Bitcoin can easily sell you the Bitcoin um, by way of, you know, hand-to-hand -hand or Cash App or PayPal, whatever the case may be. Now we're going to get into accepting Bitcoins for goods and services. Do you have a business for which you are interested in accepting Bitcoins? There are many services out there that will help you set up an e-commerce solution for your business. Coinbase does this, but the most popular is BitPay. There are tens and thousands of vendors that accept Bitcoins, and the invaluable Bitcoin wiki is updated by the minute to tell you who they are. For example, you can buy supplies for your business from Amazon with BTC4Amazon.com, or you can buy from Amazon of Bitcoin itself with BitcoinStore.com. And you can also buy um, Amazon gift cards utilizing the uh, BitPay uh, uh, wallet app. Um, they also, you can buy, and buy gift and debit cards at CryptCard. BTC Instant. You can buy precious metals at Amagi Metals, A-M-A-G-I Metals. You can buy novelty physical Bitcoins at CoinBits. You can trade equities on MPEX. You can buy gold and crude futures on ICBit. You can get a website designed on Farm Greek, Farm Geek, excuse me. You can order flowers on Bitcoin for flowers. You can buy pharmaceuticals without a prescription and at half price at JCM Pharmacy. You can buy electronics and books at Bitcoin Inn. You can post, post classified at Bitcoin Classifieds. You can buy survival food and storage at Survival Food. You can go to photography uh, school at Icon Photography. You can buy beauty pro uh, products at Bitcoin Notwork. You can donate to charity at BitCharity and thousands of other things. This is only a tiny sample. Again, Bitcoin Wiki is updated daily with information where you can buy using your Bitcoins. However, one of the most popular services in Bitcoin right now, sometimes credited with having made paying with Bitcoin mainstream, is Bitspin.net. Here you can put in any web address from a commercial site and pay with Bitcoins instead of dollars. I wonder if this is still up. This site is so popular that it crashed in its first week. Now, it is stable and a wonderful way to use Bitcoins as a store at any store you want. Once again, that is bitspend.net, B-I-T-S-P-E-N-D.net. Contrary to popular opinion, the retail and wholesale Bitcoin sector is actually better developed than the exchange sector. It is possible to set a price in any currency and denominate it in Bitcoin automatically at a current exchange rate so that the cost won't be affected by fluctuations. Through, Bitport, through BitPay, Payments can also be automatically converted to the currency the merchant prefers. So your customers, so your customers can pay with Bitcoin, but you will receive dollars. It's your choice. So your customers can pay with Bitcoin, but you will receive dollars. If that's your choice, many of the merchants accepting Bitcoin now are using this. It, examples include WordPress, OKCupid, and Reddit. Namecheap is another good example of a company that is providing this. If you are interested in following just the dollar Bitcoin exchange rate, there are innumerable apps you can download for free on your cell phone. And they just give you an example of how they display. Um, you can look at CoinMarketCap. You can look up CoinReview. Uh, CryptoPro is another good app that I use to monitor the uh, cryptocurrency prices. There's a number of different apps you can use. Um, find people willing to sell their Bitcoins. You can also locate people who want to sell by using services such as Trade Bitcoin local bitcoins where they just had a problem i believe i believe they're shut down right now or specialized forums among other places and this is january 28th 
I believe, 2018, just for anybody that may be listening to this at a later date. It may not be closed when you listen to this. But I know they were having a little bit of problems with local Bitcoins over the last couple of days. Uh, there are many miners who sell their produce and local traders who buy and sell for a commission. It is very common for people to get together at some neutral location, such as a Wi-Fi cafe or restaurant. If you have a friend who has a Bitcoin wallet, it is easy to move Bitcoins back and forth. You can get their Bitcoin address. They can email it or text it and send Bitcoins that way with the push of a button. Another way to send some Bitcoins is by scanning the QR code. I went through all this about scanning the QR code. Um, scanning this code puts the identifier in your sender address. If In the blank that allows you to specify the amount you want to send, be careful to put the right amount. You might start with trying to send a tiny amount and they say uh, 0.001 BTC. Um, let me see what else do we get into here. Okay, so to get into mining a little bit. Um, once upon a time, many people made lots of money mining bitcoins, but due to the increased difficulty of obtaining bitcoins through this means, related to the ever-increasing computational power being added by miners to the bitcoins network, nowadays it is essential to have one, a very high computational power, and two, use a mining pool to be able to have shared results. It's been a long time since mining ceased to be within reach of the average PC user. And even the most powerful servers are being left behind by super powerful cards called ASICs. More and more, mining is being left to specialists. At this late stage, mining is not profitable for average users. It will cost you more in equipment than you will earn. And they're talking about the average mom and pop if you don't have the money to buy the five to $10,000 mining equipment. We're getting into banks, failures, and cold storage. With fiat money, we are used to fearing bank runs that come in wake of financial problems and bankruptcy. Even with deposit insurance, people worry they won't get their money back. With Bitcoin, those fears largely evaporate because every Bitcoin or fraction of a Bitcoin is and that owner does There's no need for traditional banking in the way we've come to it. Consider the case in April of the shutting down of a major Bitcoin exchange called Bitcoin.com. Its account with this was closed for reasons no one yet knows. It put a sign on its website saying they had stopped business. Many of its customers were very upset. But why? Because of the inconvenience? But the fear that the money would somehow not be there for all customers was nowhere in sight. The Bitcoin exchange rate was completely unaffected. It barely made the news. The Bitcoin sector has given rise to certain kinds of warehousing functions. You can put your Bitcoins in what is called a cold storage. Let's say you own a large amount, say 1,000 Bitcoins, and you do not need instant access to them. In fact, you'd feel better if you did not. You can use any of the main services to put this in cold storage for safekeeping. You can even download your Bitcoins and keep your cold storage on a thumb drive. You can even print out your Bitcoins and keep them in a safe place. Then, when you need them, you can transfer them back into an online use. How can you be sure that economy that is keeping your Bitcoins in a cold storage, a company, excuse me, that is keeping your Bitcoins in a cold storage will not use them for some other purpose? Every Bitcoin and every fraction of a Bitcoin has a unique identifier. The transactions that take place are all posted publicly on the blockchain. If they were ever moved, you would know instantly, and a permanent digital trail would exist. For this reason, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to steal any Bitcoin without the owner's knowledge. And they leave us with some final distinctions. In the glory of the market economy, is 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 the glory of the market economy is is, is its instability. Perhaps the sound state sounds perhaps. That sounds strange to say, but the truth is that a perfective, a perfectly stable market is one where there is no growth, no advance, and no progress. There is only stasis. This is precisely the way governments like the world to work. 
because it allows them to control it, which means controlling you. Markets thwart that, 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 that desire directly. There are new ideas, new products, new technologies, new services, and new ways of doing business. This is essential. But this process is always trial and error. Nothing is perfect out the gate. Enterprise is in a great position to learn from these mistakes, but the mistakes have to happen in order to prevent the lesson. In the future, we are likely to see the development of Bitcoin deposit insurance, more robust futures markets, insurance markets, instant micropayments for online services, a broad-based debit card market, a BTC-dominated stock market, and so much more. We are still in the infancy of this technology, which can not only create a new global economic sector, but could actually end up redefining the relationship between the individual and the state. Man, that was a deep statement right there. In the early days of the Internet, the technology was new and the providers were not prepared for its rapid growth. On the consumer end, of course, every expected, everyone expected everything to work perfectly. Speculators got involved in the usual hysteria and the madness of crowds took over. At the first sign of trouble, overbought stocks crashed, people bailed, sentiment changed, and many people declared the new system dead. Of course, the Internet did not die. It has been a source of economic growth for the last 15 years, and it will continue this way. Those who place their trust in the conventional wisdom, this new system can never work, ended up on the wrong side of history. The same cycle seems to be repeating itself with Bitcoin. For the first two years of its existence, it languished at 14 cents to the dollar. Then, as its merits were discovered and retailers got involved, the software infrastructure could not handle the increased load. It became overbought and panic-selling insured. All over social media and among those who doubt there is any merit to Bitcoin at all, there are widespread chortling and declarations that Bitcoin has failed. But these pronouncements, pronouncements missed a crucial distinction. There is a huge difference between Bitcoin as a technology and Bitcoin exchanges and institutions. Every single Bitcoin exchange could fail, but that says nothing about the success or failure of Bitcoin as a technology. It's like declaring railroads and fail. It's like declaring railroads a failure because the train didn't arrive on time or judging email to be, cat be bad because the earliest services were spotty. Think back to Pets.com fiasco of 2000. Just because this one company flopped did not mean that the internet commerce was dead. On the contrary, the death of this institution and many others taught lessons for others to follow. You learn from others' mistakes. So it is with Bitcoin. Right now, 67% of Bitcoin triads go through Mt. Gox, which this is no longer uh, true. Um, if the company has technological trouble, the entire market is affected. This is a frustrating factor for many people in the whole industry. People are calling for more exchanges. Yeah, so this is a while ago. Mount Gox is, I believe, no more. Let me see if it would be a mistake to write off. Okay. Um, Matt Ridley uh, wrote who? Let me see. He wrote, it would be a mistake to write off Bitcoins as just another bubble. People are clearly keen on new forms of money safe from the confiscation and infl inflation that looks increasingly inevitable as governments try to escape their debts. Bitcoin poses a fundamental question. Will some form of private money replace the minted and printed by governments? Even if Bitcoin does achieve that end, wild swings will continue to be part of this industry. This is why so many people are looking forward to new innovations, including Bitcoin ATMs. 
Um, the person that wrote this actually used one of the prototypes while in, at a New Hampshire conference. They are currently being perfected for release in the upcoming months. Innovators are already looking at plugins for existing ATMs that will allow quick conversions. When this happens, people will be in a position to move in and out quickly. And like I said, this was written, I believe, back in 2013, 2019 now. There's our, um, they've had Bitcoin ATMs out here in Chicago where I'm currently at for at least the last four years. Um, let me see. Just keep this in mind. Bitcoins are not conceived of as an investment vehicle. Remember, humans gave it a monetary value. Until the market stabilizes and until you become technically adept at using them, you should never keep more money in Bitcoins than you can afford to lose. Some people have made and will continue to make a killing on speculation, but you can't and shouldn't count on being among them. The exchange rate could take years to stabilize. During this period, it will respond to unpredictable events such as bank failures, even if the long-run pressures for Bitcoin to become more valuable in terms of goods and services, we are likely to see more downward swoops as well. On the other hand, venture capital is all over this market. As TechCrunch as tech says, Bitcoin's record highs and the insurance surge in hacking attempts and thefts may be grabbing headlines. However, beneath the chaos, Silicon Valley's best-known venture firms are finally starting to make real bets around the cryptocurrency. The price of a single Bitcoin had more than quadrupled to $265 amid a banking crisis in Cyprus and new signs from the U.S. Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network that regulators will tolerate the currency. It then settled back down to 120 as increased volumes of DDoS attacks hit the biggest exchange, Bitcoin exchanges today and yesterday. While anyone who has ever worked in the trading knows that a chart like this often ends in a world of pain, there is a growing sense that Bitcoin on another math-based currency like this is here to say. And they're talking about prices around 260 and 120. We already know that we've exceeded the price of over 19, breaking or touching $20,000 of Bitcoin. This goes on to say the purpose of Bitcoin is to serve as a digital age payment system, evolving one step at a time into the independent money to compete with that with that is forced on us by the nation state. It may sound like a dream, but we've already seen digital technology make many dreams come true, including instantaneous and wireless video phones that are free and allow you to speak with anyone in the world. The best way forward for you as an individual is to become an owner. If anything in this report confused you or it all seemed a bit abstract, owning it is the true remedy. That's what exchanges. That's what changes everything. And that's the truth. Once I tell people this all the time, you can read as much as you want. You can watch as many videos until you get some skin in the game, until you jump in and actually start doing transactions, start trading. You're not fully going to get this system. Um, they go on to say, if anything in this, uh, uh, they say, if it is a tiny amount like 0.001 BTC, owning is the key to learning and then doing. Markets are continually re reinventing the world. Might they do the same thing for money and banking and insurance and financial service? It is, a is it, a, it is a trial and error process, but many people who are dedicated to making it happen between now and then, it will be a wild and wonderful ride. We do indeed live in interesting times. And family, that is the end of the document. We are closing up at 54 minutes. Real 55 minutes to be exact as of right now, family. I hope that this document helped you in having a better understanding of this thing we call Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Um, for those that did enjoy this, if you can, please share this, um, share this podcast with others. And if you could donate $1, just $1 for the reading of this document, that would be very much appreciated. And you can do so through Cash App. 
or through cryptocurrency. Reach out for the Cash App name. Well, no, I'll give you the Cash App name. It's Alamirak, A-L-A-M-I-R-A-K. Once again, that's for Cash App, dollar sign, A-L-A-M-I-R-A-K. For those wishing to donate any form of cryptocurrency, you can email me at Chicago Crypto Hustler dot com excuse me chicago crypto hustler 638 at gmail.com once again for those that want to donate in cryptocurrency you can email me for my crypto addresses at chicago crypto hustler 638 at gmail.com that's c-h-i-c-a-g-o c-r-y-p-t-o h-u-s-l-t-e-r 638 at gmail.com until the next read peace power and prosperity family I am out of here.